Looking for work, better pay, better work environment? We can help. Call Kelly Jobs today at 502-425-7131 to speak with a recruiter today. Score a better job with us. Call 502-425-7131 or visit kellyjobs.com. That's kellyjobs.com. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Welcome into the drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Dave Skull. I hope wherever you are, you can stay there uh, and that you are dry and safe wherever that might be. We're all going to uh, put our seatbelts on and try to ride this three hours out here, Dave. I suspect it might get awfully um, entertaining by the time we're done with the show today. Yeah, looking forward to it. I bet. Unpredictable. It's exciting. Unprecedented. We're already used to all that, so it's all good. Yeah, unprecedented isn't a thing anymore. It's all precedented. Yeah, yeah the, that, the you're exactly well, right. Or everything is unprecedented. Everything, yeah, whatever. Uh, at this point, <laughs> but you know, there are a lot of times during the life of this show where you, we get people who, who really like, bust our asses about not talking about the women's basketball team more. And I think 93.9's always done a pretty good job trying to make you know, getting Jeff on just about any time he is ever requested, and we chase him down yeah. when he's available. We've started doing, you know, post game shows with you and Chrissy Banty. You guys do a great job with that. Done it for uh, a while now. Yeah, and the, yeah. the discussions are. I think they're sort of growing. Obviously, I think this year there's been a little bit more opportunity for that with the with the men's team struggling like they are. But like for those of you who have ever busted our asses uh, about that sort of thing, today's your day. There's no doubt uh, the proper place to start uh, is the fact that this Louisville team that lost to Wake Forest earlier in the year, causing Jeff to melt down on them after the game explicitly where everyone could hear it in great detail in which he also uh, detailed getting uh, a technical for telling the referee she was missing a great game (laughs) which is a really good point though (laughs) right he's just trying to help her out it's like top two response to getting ejected for something (laughs) it's it's a classic it's a classic he dusted off and deployed perfectly yeah there's two things a coach can do that outside of just saying like the f word because everybody knows that's like the magic button mm. to get a t but offering the referee your glasses <laughs> or saying like jeff did you're missing a great game yes you're gonna get yourself teed up and that's fine but they he lost they lost to this wake forest team he didn't like anything about what they did in that game they played them today in the first their first game of the acc tournament the uh, quarterfinals louisville beat that ass yes and you know like, I, and I love fun. i love this time of year because i get to i always try to sneak women's basketball into every conversation because because i i cover the team you are and a subject been, matter expert That's yes right. i've been passionate about about women's basketball in louisville for over two decades i love i love the sport i love the team i love the program and i am very passionate about the fact that they deserve as much love as possible and i think that we do a pretty good job in this town of covering the team between all the different outlets. And it's been a, a, a passion project of mine to, to get things going like the post game show. And, and 
I'm really excited that we have that as a mainstay now, and hopefully we have one for you guys on Sunday. Tomorrow the game's on 970, so we won't be having a post-game show, uh, but we are tentative for Sunday. Hopefully we take care of business tomorrow, regardless of whether they play Notre Dame or NC State, who are playing right now, and Notre Dame has an eight-point lead. Um, but yeah, I mean, today was was the kind of performance you want to see as the first game in a postseason run. They came out focused. Uh, they were good for most of the game on both sides of the court. They were excellent on defense. They out-physicaled and outworked Wake Forest. Obviously, Wake was playing for their third, um, their third game in a row, third day in a row. But it's it's one of those things where they came out and executed. I saw great play from several different players. It wasn't just the Haley Van Lith show or the CC show. Like we saw, we saw Olivia have a really nice stretch at the beginning of the second half. Uh, we saw Liz Dixon have three blocks tonight. Mikasa Robinson had 10 assists and eight rebounds uh, and three steals because that's what Mikasa Robinson does. Narika had a nice three. Like there was just there was contributions from all over the court and all over the roster, and it was it was really good to see. Nyla Harris had had nine rebounds, uh, and this is the type of focused effort you want to see from your team on the first game of a postseason run. And I hope we get to see them sort of play to that level tomorrow afternoon regardless of who their opponent is. Um, honestly, hopefully it's Notre Dame because we can get another shot at them. And also, it would be better for our uh, our tournament resume if we get good victory over them. Yeah, I couldn't tell today if what I was seeing was, I got something for you, Wake Forest, because you beat us, or yeah. I'm still very mad about the way the, the Notre Dame game went at the end, and I got something for just whoever was next. But whatever was animating everyone, well, and I'll, okay, I'll add a third thing that might be a factor here. Uh, I think Jeff is still not over the fact that he feels like he is the reason that they did not win their tournament game against Miami in the ACC tournament last year. Because mm. he tried to steal minutes for some people. He was trying to budget for a tournament run all the way to the championship last year, and let that game get away from them they i think he was clear about that today you know he was like look we're not playing for tomorrow like we're playing to win each of these games right now yeah Yeah. he they were not going to let that happen he was when this game we're going to the final four animated and they they kind of churned through a first half where they were up by 10 it felt like at the same time they should have been up by more so they should they've been play, they were playing better but also like man they're just kind of goofing off a little bit here and letting this thing be 10 and then whatever he said to them at halftime whatever uh, promises or threats or both or some mixture or whatever was was issued at halftime he should sell that <laughs> because they unloaded on Wake Forest from there forward well, it's funny cuz like Olivia had been on ice since the first quarter with two fouls and she came out in the second half and scored the first three buckets straight out of halftime and extended the lead to 16 and they never looked back and that was olivia having 10 points in the second half um it was just it was nice it was there was stretches for everybody because haley i mean she scored 17 points in the first quarter and she scored second or four in the second then she didn't score in the third quarter and just had like one one or two more baskets like a two free throws and a three i think in the fourth quarter so it wasn't like it was just the haley van lith show for four quarters she was a huge part of building that early lead and she was really steady the whole game on defense and rebound and everything but everybody else like at halftime all the analysts muffet and, and company all basically said um 
Wake Forest is going to have to make the rest of the team beat them, and the rest of the team beat them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like after I just, after love that, I just love that she said Muffet and Company, and that she's like your least favorite person on that board. That's on why the I name checked her. <laughs> why would you not go with someone that you actually like, like Kelsey Riggs or someone? Because it was. I mean, I, everybody knows how because I feel about we Muffet. Hate Muffet more than we like Kelsey Riggs. <laughs> right. Like <laughs> thank you. It's it's not the same. They're not equal but opposite. No, or uh, Kelly Gramlich. You know, like uh, we're talking about we're talking about Muffet. Okay. Actually, Kelly that, wasn't there that, at halftime. She was there post game. I actually have a pair of socks with uh, Eric McLean and Kelly Graham like on them that they gave me for going on their podcast. <laughs> That's awesome. A pair I of socks. Kelly. Yeah, they that, they have a uh, partnership with I think it's Rockham Socks. That's awesome. And uh, after I came on, they they sent me. Uh, they they're so nice. They sent me uh, a bunch of socks from that that company. And this it's Lamar Jackson. There's some Louisville ones. There's uh, Graham and McLean uh, on there. They're cool. Uh, and then there's Muffet. She's also on that show. So, look, Louisville uh, today, thoroughly impressed. They they played like they had something to prove. Haley Van Lith looked on a mission uh, in the game. This I think she remembers the Wake Forest game because that was an eight-point game for her. She doesn't do that. And she was bound and determined uh, to do far better than eight points when she did over and over and over again. This this was old-fashioned, fun ass-kicking. Yeah, so people remember the Wake Forest game was the game before Syracuse where Coach sat Haley Van Lith down the stretch for the entire fourth quarter. Louisville won by uh, 19. Uh, that game, I believe, 17 or 19. And they did it without Haley, and I think that was kind of the, the next game after that. He, he, he you know mixed up the starting lineups and sort of hit a reset button on the season and um you know that was sort of the, the the change for everybody including Haley and I think she she took it to heart for sure and she's been much more efficient for the most part with a couple of exceptions down the stretch since then uh and today, today was just a really good overall team effort I mean some of the some of the the, the key stats they attempted 19 more shots than Wake because they had a 40 to 24 rebounding edge 16 to 8 on the offensive end uh, as well as only 11 turnovers on the game, which has been an issue for the team all year. They had 17 assists and 11 turnovers. Uh, they shot 42% from the three-point line. Like I said, Mikasa had eight rebounds, 10 assists, three steals. HVL had 26 points, five of eight from the three-point line. Liz Dixon had three blocks. Uh, Olivia had 10 points in the second half, and CeCe had 16 points and five rebounds. She is an incredibly adept rebounder at times for her height. Like She has a nose for the ball being listed at 55. Five. Um pretty pretty incredible. There's a lot of a lot of praise to go around. Nyla had 9 rebounds. Like there's just a lot a lot of good things, things to like today, including just a dogged defensive effort uh that did not quit for four quarters with very few exceptions. Like I think they had a little bit at the end of the first half, they had that bad three possession stretch where they turned the ball over twice and gave up a rebound and it led to a 7-0 run um by Wake that cut it to 10. And I think that's where Jeff sort of drew the line and the team drew the line and they didn't let any lapses like that really happen for the rest of the game, which is a great sign, I feel like, with uh, how focused they are at this point. They look like a team on a mission. Hopefully they come out tomorrow and, and do the same thing. Yeah, you got to give Notre Dame some props, uh, by the way, as they are playing I have to do nothing. Right now without, well, I mean, Muffet's not there anymore. No, I know. I'm just kidding, man. Uh, but no, uh, no Olivia Miles. They're still up yeah. five midway through the third quarter there. Of course, Louisville would face uh, the winner. Uh, of this game tomorrow in Greensboro in the ACC tournament, and then 
were they to uh, avenge the loss either to NC State or Notre Dame, uh, they would be in the conference championship. Look, they lost uh, Dara Mabry earlier this year, um, who's a very good three-point shooter, and like the Deaners, like the old, you know, Deaners in Conference USA, the Mabrys at Notre Dame, they just have been haunting us for years. Um, but they lost Dara. They lost Olivia Miles last weekend. They just they're a stacked roster. You know, it was there were more than one player. Even though Olivia Miles is an excellent player, one of the best in the country, one of the best pure points in the country. Like Sonia Citrone with the ball in her hands is dangerous. She's a problem, and she's continued to be so today. Um, Notre Dame's just good across the board, and it's going to take a big effort to beat them if we play them tomorrow. Well, and you, I, I think what you said today is right. It's the most encouraging part about it is that they look and I like when a team looks like this. I think you agree with me. I like when when a basketball team, men's or women's, looks right up to the line of frantic on defense. Yeah. You know, not frantic because that's when you get beat, but right up to it. To where you almost look like you're you're just overreacting to everything. When you when you are sort of able to fine tune it and sort of keep it within some bounds, those teams are a nightmare and that was why it went from a 10 point halftime lead to 30 yeah it's that that thin line between frantic and frenetic you know yeah, like i feel sure. like that's that's We're it right do there the freaking vocabulary thing again today huh well we, i mean you know well, you were you were looking for like a i think that's the fine line you know like you want to be frenetic but not necessarily frantic and it's it's uh, you do the vocabulary thing every day, by the way, without any help from I know. me. I know. So don't act like it's me being. We are peers, though. I like I accept <laughs> you as a worthy competitor in the vocabulary. I appreciate that. Uh, just over here sniffing our own farts in the <laughs> wine glass. I'm a nerd. No, I'm a nerd. <laughs> I know. Terrible. That's why I missed Jason Anderson because he was a freaking nerd too, man. Yeah, he was a nerd. Guy. You guys are trying to one up each other with who can use this <laughs> nerdery ten point words. Right. This is like uh, that that Simpsons episode where Homer walks in, Bart and Lisa are arguing, and he's like, "What are you guys uh, arguing about?" And they're like, "We're arguing over uh, who loves you more." He's like, "What? <laughs> well, go ahead." And they're like, "You love him more." No, you love him more. Like, that's <laughs> us arguing about this. Exactly right. Who's a bigger nerd? Like whoever wins loses. I texted right? Jason Anderson the other day that because uh, we had a couple of bits and one of them was. Matt Bonner, next question, you know, for the answer to every single <laughs> <laughs> trivia that you didn't know right off the top. <laughs> so I just texted him Matt what Bonner, a next question. Matt Bonner. <laughs> it, was, it was from Spurs, Spurs players. It's from Sports or Leisure, you know. <laughs> and it was just a basketball question, and my immediate answer was Matt Bonner, next question. And that was just our answer from then on for literally every single basketball question. Uh, now that I'm going to a challenge to make Matt Bonner an answer to, an answer something to a question. question. I, you're going to have to do it when I'm not something seeing Something in an hour and a half. Yeah. Let's have it ready. Uh, Let's have it ready. I, I, yeah. I'm not doing it today. I, got good, I think I got some good questions for today's episode. Well, you better because we didn't have it last week, you know, so it was, it, was, it was disappointing for all the people at home. They had to listen to actual sports radio or some sort of uh, form of that. <laughs> Close approximation for that half-hour segment. Reasonable facsimile. <laughs> that. I there love you that. Go. <laughs> but yeah, I'm pumped about this game tomorrow. Whoever we play, man, it's going to be awesome. And hopefully, hopefully, Chrissy and I will have a post-game show for you on Sunday if we can pull it out tomorrow against whichever one of these teams it ends up being. Thirty-eight, thirty-one, ninety-three, nine-four. The UPS jobs. Text line, if you want to hit us up that way. We'll open up the phones uh, a little bit later on. Uh, you know...
Dave, we, we, we do sports talk radio. It's about opinions and, and what we think about things and what you all think about things and all that interaction stuff. But, like, there are some limits. And, and sometimes I think when we watch debate shows that have sort of taken over ESPN studio shows and stuff like that, I feel like I shouldn't have lived long enough to see the place where there is a, a Fox Sports 1 show that says, you know what Kevin Durant needs to do? Kevin Durant needs to get married. Ugh. Was it Cowherd that said that? That sounds like a very Cowherd thing to say. I think it was. No, it was on that. Um, it, like Rick Buecher, I think, is it was. Yeah, Rick Buecher that said that. Kevin Durant needs to get married. He needs a relationship that teaches him what you have to respond to and what you just let go. <laughs> He's talking about him on social media. You think getting married is going to make you less sensitive on social media? Get the hell out of here. I don't. Uh... Eesh. I don't even know what I have to say to that, Mark. That's one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard in my sorry, life. I just I don't want to have a big long discussion about. It. I just think, I hate that in this business, the, all, every person engaging in this debate about whether Kevin Durant should get married or not thinks way more than me. Yeah, I don't feel like that's a debate I need it to hurts. get into. Because the reason I thought it was cowards was he's mentioned like Aaron Rodgers. He's like he's been alone, so that's why he's only he's all about me, me, me. It's because he's never been married to anyone or had any kids. But see, like just. Getting into a relationship and getting married doesn't fix that. People often are still very selfish after they do that. Yeah, I, okay. yeah everyone's very aware of all the married people who have no vestiges of selfishness left overall. Yeah, like, and they no, become completely altruistic people. Yeah. Notice Aaron Rodgers has had several long-term relationships that you would think would teach him about having a relationship. If that's if that theory is true, you know he dated like Danica Patrick forever, and he dated what's her name the. Shailene Woodley. Thank you, uh, the crunchy hippie actress. You know. uh, crunchy but, hippie actress. That's right. Like I, these I, these women who he's had like extended relationships with, you would think that's the same principle if that's true. That you would learn some sort of give and take and how to communicate with somebody if you date for a couple of years. But if he didn't learn from that, just putting a ring on the finger and going through the ceremony isn't going to change the way you view relationships or how you communicate. It's not. It's not how that works. Anyway, like, I just thought it was funny. It's, yeah, it is what it is. You know, it's it, it's it's it put that in the bag of fun theories about sports superstars that probably don't make any real sense. By the way, we had a texter who texted in and said, "What's worse, canceling school for the fake purge or canceling for a fake storm?" I think we're about to get the very real storm. Yeah, uh, like very, very, very soon. So everyone, please uh, be careful. Don't, don't, Honestly, don't take like any it, of this lightly. At this point, how many snow days did we have this year? Not many. They probably mm-hmm. had a couple to spare. You know, built into the schedule. And at that point, if you're going to have a dangerous windstorm, you're not sure what time of day it's going to come. Why would you want to have? You know, a couple hundred buses out on the road for that. Like, doesn't sound like fun I to me. I did not consider the bus angle at all. Yeah. When I sort of was like, look, it's it sounded odd to get the notice that hey, school's canceled for wind. Like, wind, nerds. But the buses angle, I definitely had not considered that really at all. A texture also wants to know how is Bobby V. For those of you who don't know, Bobby V. Uh, ended up being quadruple bypass uh, for old Bobby V. He is uh, it, the surgery went well. He is resting comfortably, uh, and he'll be he'll begin the the rehab and recovery process uh, from that, which is not an easy one. Not an easy one at all. My father had this very thing for quadruple bypass. It is a it's a bear, but Bob's a uh, – he is a resilient old cub. He is a strong man. He's a fighter. He's, he's gone through like a bold. lot. So he could use all – I know the family could use all your, your, your positive vibes and prayers if, you're, if you believe in that. And we love Bob, and I don't want to speak too much on it, but we love Bob and know he's recovering, and we hope he's uh, 
Hope he's back sooner than later, man. He's he's a staple around here, and we love him. So. We do it like we do have a severe weather uh, watch issued basically for everywhere around here. No, so no everyone, kidding. Please just keep your eyes and ears uh, peeled. Keep yeah, Texter says us. I it's I just had to take cover in the Kroger in New Albany. It's not a fake storm. So yeah, there you go. I understand. take it seriously, guys. It's on its way. We will. Uh, yeah, everyone, just please uh, listen in uh, and be aware. Uh, and, and as we've learned, don't be mad with Tyler yesterday. Don't be mad when the weather comes busting on your screen here. We're trying to keep people in the, in the watching area from, from being hurt significantly by anything that might happen here. All right. We got a lot that we're going to get into here today. You've got Spencer, who has yet to once talk about the caliber of his questions for something gas bag the way Pat used to. So, Spencer, we got to figure out what we have to do to get you to feel more confident in your questions. I just don't want to be... You know, the person to brag about myself, like Pat always does. Like, these are great questions. It's like, eh, they were all right. It became a bit. <laughs> it became <laughs> I'll, I'll a bit. listen to you. You're like, ah, they were okay, Pat. They were great. <laughs> well, that was the humorous part of it. That was the best. Would, every week, he's like, ah, I got some great questions. Like, if they're all great. I then mean, none of them were great. Yeah, like, hey, exactly. Why don't you they're let me the... tell you if they're great? No, then he had, <laughs> before I kind of took over the role of the show for producing and need to run something gas bag. Pat was like, "Okay, write like five or six questions a week to help me out and you know get you some practice on this." And then every time it was a bad question, he was like, "These questions suck." He's like, "Oh, that's Spencer's question." I <laughs> <laughs> thrown in the bus with that. He set you up, man. You were the patsy. Oh no. You know what, Spencer? There was there was an obvious recourse for you in that in this area you should have fed him wrong questions oh yeah oh that would have been it's like and then dave's just like i i know that answer is this because dave's a trivia guru it's like that's clearly yep. wrong like, jim henson was the original uh director for the godfather was going to be a muppets movie <laughs> <laughs> I, i'd watch that i would watch the hell out of that actually <laughs> like, can that you imagine sunny at the toll booth of muppets come on <laughs> it's like a much better version of happy time murders like that's, right. years ago. that's exactly right <laughs> uh dave i did see rolling stones uh rolling stones excuse me uh, ranked the top 50 songs and they do this a lot but, oh they do it all it's every year yeah right but the top 50 songs by fake group Ooh. so and here let me give you the parameters here we're talking basically like not by the artist him or herself or themselves it's a, a, a fictitious group you know like spinal tap or something or the wonders and that thing you right. do which Still had to water, be in like the top famous. five yeah so what do you what would you if you both of you if you just quickly had to guess because i know you're you would you'll have thoughts here the number one fake song group or song by a fake group hmm. see i i love that thing you do, and I think it should be up there pretty high. I just think that that's number, number one. It is number one. That's what okay. I was gonna yeah. say. I've never seen Good. the movie yet. I it would just to, it but. felt like a real period hit, you know. And, and it was written, I believe, by Fountains of Wayne, the guy. Yeah, uh, that was guy. The lead singer. Yeah, lead singer Fountains of Wayne passed away. He's one of the very first people that passed away from COVID. Yeah, yeah, one of the one of the first uh, high profile ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he he was kind of a he had a couple other things that he did like that, you know, like writing. F- for other people in those type of situations, movie soundtracks and, uh, but yeah, that's that was my number one. What what was what else was up there? Uh, uh, on the on the dark side from Eddie and the Cruiser. Oh, movie, that's a good one. A movie that my parents oddly loved. My I, parents I love it. that movie. Well, I like it. I don't like Bruce Springsteen that much. Right, and that's basically it's basically. I mean, it, it is that clone. Yeah. <laughs> but on the dark side was I think it was like eighteen on that list. Okay. Pretty good. 
Yeah, Anything actually, any, well, I uh, want to see the rest of this I'm list. I'm curious. I, like, first thing that talk, popped to my mind was Stillwater from Almost Famous. That's that's, that's another good, great one. Yeah, Fever Dogs, one of their songs. Fever Dog, yep. There's a few others. I, I, it's probably in the top, like, ten-ish, so maybe. I did, some of these I did not know were were originally, like, fake songs. Like, I, you know, for the longest time, I thought Bruce Springsteen did sing on the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> you know, stuff like that. But, like, Sugar Sugar by the Archies, like, that's, like, from the Archies. Yeah. Like, the cartoon. I didn't know that. I had no idea. Which Scotty one? doesn't know is in there. Scotty doesn't know is another that's great. A, like, that's, that's a good one. How did we? That's a great that? one. Like if, <laughs> if you gave me a few one. minutes to think about that, like the ones that I would put up there. That's well, Matt that Damon. Was there Stillwater <laughs> yeah. and and uh, Scotty doesn't know were like the three big ones. And it, it might seem like a somewhat kind of cheating, but I understand it does fit the parameters. Shallow from Stars Born. I was going to ask if that counted. It well, it's, yeah. I think it meets the parameters because it's not like I a guess Lady Gaga so. song, right? Yeah, so it's it's number three. Those are the top three. Those are the top three. So, uh, just I thought you I thought you would for sure know number one. I know you liked them as much as I do. Which I did. Uh, there you go. I good feel stuff. good about it. Yeah, yeah. Was, I think that's the right number one. There's I a totally lot of good agree. ones. But 100%. that's it's a great movie. It's an underrated Tom Hanks performance, and he also directed the movie. Yep. Yeah. Pretty phenomenal. All right. I want to talk. Uh, I want to talk about some realignment news uh, that yeah. appears margin uh, somewhat imminent and and what that might mean for us on the other side here on the drive on i found the bill be right back metro college is a program that helps students pay for tuition and i didn't believe it you have to work third shift five days a week it's a great and rewarding thing when you graduate i would do it all over again just like i just did you know those buddies who magically become medical professionals when you're not at the top of your game the ones who say, come on, muscle through it, but then also say, hey, you should probably see my specialist or surgery or pain meds. It's almost always false, false and false. Athletico's physical therapists, the same therapists who work with professional athletes, can tackle those little aches and pains from the start before they become big ones. So next time, don't believe everything you hear. Instead, start with Athletico. Schedule your free assessment at athletico.com. You're listening to The Drive, presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's Mark Ennis. And Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Dave Skull here on a Friday. Sounds like the wind is, uh, is around, so everybody be careful. Pay heed. We don't want to lose any of you. Uh, to anything that could have been uh, avoided here on a Friday, right as we are at the point where uh, postseason basketball is, is finally here. We've got one more regular season game on the men's side. Uh, the Louisville women won by a 1,000 today, and it was fun. Uh, and if you would like to uh, go ahead and call in, if you got anything on your mind here on a Friday, give us a call, 8150-939-3831-9394, the UPS Shops text on really quickly about that list from uh, Rolling Stone. No inclusion of anything by the Blues Brothers, and that surprised me. Well, let me give you a reason for that. It's because they were all covers, pretty much. Okay. Yeah. So they were all recorded originally by other artists, uh, like uh, Soul Man, Sweet Home Chicago, 
Everybody needs somebody to Fiend love. Of the Moocher. Oh yeah, exactly. Uh, Fiend from Rawhide. Like they're all cover songs that they perform in the movie. So yeah, that's the main reason. Like Soul Man's that's Sam and Dave. You know, like that's yeah. uh, a lot of these are standards, and they just they just recorded for the movie. So they were while it was that group recording them in the movie or performing them, they weren't actually supposed to be their original compositions, even in I that had, universe. And I, I will say, good. Sorry, there were a couple more that I had totally forgotten about. Like "Hard Out Here for a Pimp" is incredible, and that's yeah. on the list. Everything from the Dewey Cox soundtrack yeah, is amazing. That movie should not be that good. But it's so it's good. It's it really perfect. is. It's a perfect send-up of every well biopic, like of Ray and you know, Walk the Line, walk the everything line, right. together. Well, and John C. Riley though was so funny though. He, oh, he's incredible. Well, he constantly plays kind of a meathead, and he is brilliant. Like in real oh, life. He, he is really a is brilliant. Yeah. A highly sensitive artistic person, and he always plays kind of a goofball meathead in all of these roles. But he's fantastic. Oh, he's amazing. He's one of the best, and he started as like more of a dramatic actor. Yeah, and became more of a comedian as his career went along. He's been around since. Yeah, he was in Hardy with Paul Thomas Anderson back mm-hmm. in 1990. Yeah, something. he's been around for 30 plus years. You know, he just became, but he became more and more in the consciousness as an as a comedic actor when he teamed up with like Will Ferrell and everything from like 2003 on. But it was uh. I do. I love him in everything. Like everything he does. If you have not watched the HBO Max series by, I think it's Adam McKay is the one that created it, on the Lakers, the Showtime Lakers. Yeah. Uh, where John C. Riley plays Jerry Buss. Yeah, I haven't watched owner. it yet. It's been in the queue. He is spectacular as Jerry Buss. So we'll, but that's the end of that list. If you think of any that maybe belonged on there, if you have any questions, I would like to hear uh, that there. I did want to turn our attention at least to what sounds like Dave in the next week or so and I know that uh, there's nothing that blogs and radio shows like more than conference realignment mm-hmm. like it is it is like catnip you know it, it's incredible uh, what that does for everyone because I think it just sort of sets everyone's minds to game theorying things in every direction and trying to war game out everything and what that might happen but oh it's our latest- it's our best like it's the best source of like real like intrigue you know, and, and conspiracy theories, everything. It's politics and sports. And that's it's all well, it's like a group coaching search. Yeah. That's you that's know, the best way of putting it. You know, yeah. we talk about it with, with coaching searches. We talk about the fact that like it it shows the crazies in fan bases because it's it's kind of a referendum on coaching searches are on like what your program with the stature by who you think you can attract and who sure. you're able to get. And conference realignment is kind of some of that, too, for schools individually who either really think a lot of themselves or who don't. But where we are right now, the reporting that has come out uh, today, and it seems like it maybe all has kind of the same source, but Ross Dellinger and CBS, and uh, uh, Ross Dellinger with Sports Illustrated, CBS, and Dennis Dodd, and The Athletic with uh, Ari Wasserman and Andy Staples have all reported some version of this. The Pac-12 which I think has very famously here in the last month or so struggled mightily to find a television partner, broadcast partner that will pay them anywhere close to what the other conferences are getting and sort of make the Pac-12 without USC and UCLA remotely viable. There, they, w- there were reports that ION might be trying to get involved. We joked last week about you, you might watch Pac-12 games at the gas pump. <laughs> <laughs> or, or like pre-roll at the movies, 
you know, like I don't know where we might end up seeing Palpatine. like the old the old newsreels before, like before yeah. the uh, movie, like <laughs> yes. in the forties and fifties. Exactly. Here exactly. on Pac-12 like, football this week, we have... like Man in the High Tower film. That's yeah, right. exactly. Southern Methodist, but, Methodist took on Stanford. <laughs> Why did they, they empl- talk like? that? I don't know. They employed the forward pass. You just uh, could talk the whole show like that. I don't know how long you could go before the listeners get annoyed. No listeners. <laughs> like I'm doing, like I'm doing the newsreel during like uh, Army Navy in 1948. That's right. That's right. Uh, I I could work as as one of the people that does the voiceover during like the the montages and like Sea Biscuit. I just wish we had like, a, Cinderella like man. one of our commercial spots. It's just Dave like coming up next. We have the hey. Yuma Women's Basketball Post Game Show with me and Chrissy Banta. Yeah. Yeah, All see? Right. <laughs> so the, everyone knows, I think by this point, the Pac-12 cannot find a, a good partner. The best uh, reporting out there seems to be that there, there's a very high probability that they wind up in enti- the first conference that goes wholly streaming and that will you know, be off of your normal television, Kill. your traditional television channels, and that it's not going to pay a lot. And now the, the news today is that there has been contact from the Big 12 and Brett Yormark and what they're calling the Four Corners schools. Yeah. And that's Colorado and Utah, who, as every, I think everybody knows now, you know, uh, well, Colorado used to be in the Big 12, and Utah at one time aspired to the Big 12 uh, before going to uh, the Pac-12. And the two Arizona schools, that there is some feeling that they might be able to work a deal out, and that those four schools would be willing to move to the Big 12 if they can get them a deal that's going to turn out to be significantly better than what the Pac-12 is. And I think there seems like there's kind of equal parts there, uh, Dave. That they, the Big 12 would have to, I think, get a little bit more done for them, and the Pac-12 deal would have to be really small. But it's it's kind of crazy to think, Dave, that, that there's a possibility after OU and Texas announced that they were leaving at Media Day two summers ago, uh, leaving the Big 12. We wrote that conference off, and instead they may very well end up not stronger because you don't lose OU and Texas and are, and are better, but a lot more viable long term, even good long term. And I don't think anyone would have seen that coming. A year ago, six months ago, three months ago. So they were proactive and had room to add the best candidates left in the Power Five. Right? I think that was the first step, you know, when they took UCF and Houston and Cincinnati and uh, BYU. And the other thing is, as, as little as it matters anymore, it's still, I think, for them, they are centrally located. So them expanding... Eastward and westward made a little more sense than like the ACC trying to grab the West Coast schools, you know, like to having two schools in their conference from from the Pac-12. Um, it feels more because it's almost congruous. Their 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 um, conference outside of West Virginia and like UCF, everything everybody else is touching. If they expand and grab those four corner schools, like it's it's. Um, it makes more sense, but they they were in a position to do it, and the ACC kind of sat on their hands. But the ACC is in a weird place where there's members. In, there's I don't know I don't know if I want to call it a fox in the hen house, but there are members that I don't think believe in the long term viability of the ACC, and 
would very much like to move on at some point. So I don't know if they are really that into tying themselves to this conference and new membership and new deals and everything like that going forward. So you combine that with our very long TV deal that fundamental changes in your conference membership have to happen before you can re renegotiate it. I mean, they're in kind of a tough spot and the big 12 was in a more elastic spot. Well, and they've been, they've been proactive and done what they can. Yes. And, and are probably now going to end up in a far better situation than any of us could have imagined when the OU Texas move was announced. And now the question will be, if they're able to work that out, that leaves the Pac-12 with, let's just say all four of those schools go, that leaves the Pac-12 with the, the Oregon, Washington, and the California schools. Right? I'm not missing anybody else, am I? No, they would have six six members left. Well, Oregon State and Washington State. That's what I said. Oregon, Washington, schools. Washington State, Oregon State, Stanford, Cal. Okay, Stanford, Cal. That's, if, I mean, it's not a conference, first of all. And I know that uh, today, or maybe it was late yesterday, there was a video released. I love when Meadowlark Media, that's the thing that Lebetard started with John Skipper, the former CEO of ESPN. Yeah. And, and he talked about, and I've heard him talk about this before, but the idea – uh, the that people don't necessarily know about and it's why I, I wish florida state and clemson talk sounded a little smarter mm. uh, because it doesn't he has pointed out it is ironclad that when you are in a state that has members of a conference in it you get to charge more when you put that conference network on tv there and that adding a school in a state where you already have somebody does nothing for you Yeah. in terms of uh, finance. It's why Florida State and Clemson should probably chill out a little bit, at least thinking that they're a possibility for the SEC. They give the SEC nothing. Yeah. And they you give, would think, honestly, in the back of your mind, that UNC and Virginia Tech or Virginia. Or Miami. Wouldn't make more sense. You know, in my- fact, he, John Skipper said that if FSU were to leave the ACC, the ACC would lose nothing because they still get to charge Florida. Florida rates for the ACC network because they have Miami. I mean, short term that makes sense, but long term it doesn't make sense. Like well, I don't know, losing not. the brand. He's yeah. just saying in terms of that, right? Right, but right, right. The, this is. It seems to me like this is the moment for the ACC to just do something weird. Am I crazy for thinking like, hey, Jim Phillips, why don't you stop sending love notes to the Big Ten? Stop, <laughs> uh, you know, fawning over and like looking back on your Facebook memories with the with the alliance. And, he's and proud of that, though. We can't he, take that uh, for granted. He's very proud of the work I, they did. Look, I, I I'm, he's proud of the work that he did in the Alliance. And I'm proud of him for being proud of it. We should put that on his... I don't, I'm not wishing him to die, obviously, just now. But like when he dies, what? just put that on his tombstone. Proud of the Alliance. Are you, are you over there killing Jim? No, <laughs> I said when he dies. Hopefully not soon. <laughs> Good Lord, Spencer. Okay, so <laughs> the power here just flickered. Uh, so everyone... Everyone, buckle up uh, for the for the rest of the, the rest of this show. Uh, but Spencer and I are just going to do two hours of stump the gas bag. If well, we, we had it you. flickered for like a split second not too long yeah. ago, though, in our TVs because of satellite. It was cutting in and out for a second. Well, look, is this to me, Dave? This is the moment. If you're Jim Phillips, you've got to show your chops as a consensus builder. You've got to go to your membership and say, we. We have to do something that you might not love, but if we do, it's bold, it's brash. We will accomplish something big and and, and really stabilize this conference for years to come. And, and that is 
go ask Oregon and Washington and 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 the California and Cowan and Stanford. You can't tell me that Cowan and Stanford don't scream ACC schools in terms of similar makeup of dorky leadership at the schools. <laughs> that was not the way I thought you were going to go. Same here. I was like, what, mediocre football? What are you going? I thought going? I was going back to Demix, but even then, I'm, I'm sure. Because we have well, that is now. kind of what I mean by dorky leadership. <laughs> that's kind of what I mean by dorky yeah, leadership. Yeah, that's exactly what but, you mean. But like, the, you go to your partners at ESPN, you go to those your, your membership and say, if we do this, even if it's just Oregon and Washington, that's let's get the freaking ACC network on in the states of Washington and Oregon, or or go get a Cal and Stanford for crying out loud oh. and get it in California. Well, watch it. Like here's the thing: if the four corners thing happens, and it happens sooner than later, I mean, people are are, are throwing around this month as early as the next couple of weeks. Well, I think we're going to get whatever the Pac-12's media rights deal is. I think we're going to get that in about a week. Yeah, I think that'll be the what'll set this off and if it's all streaming it's not going to be the numbers that they think it's going to be it's going to be that's right much lower than they expect and it won't be as hard for the big 12 to match to to beat it and with the added security going forward i mean the truth is the pac-12 would cease to exist without the four corner schools they had to figure something out like oregon and washington they can't lose anybody get a call from the big 10 they're gone and they will be looking for that call um and if they don't if the big 10 follows through with what they're saying and say, look, we, we're not looking to expand right now. And Notre Dame is our number one goal if we do expand. Then the ACC ought to be proactive because they're not in a great place right now. They're just not. And we're in a place where we're looking at this going, man, are we going to want to be in the Big 12 in a couple of years? <laughs> like, is that is that where Louisville is at this point? Uh, and it's funny, the two schools that – who do you think the two schools are that chancellors are saying all is well? And people aren't leaving the Big Twelve. Schools aren't leaving the Big Twelve. Cal and Stanford. No, it has it's to be. the ones that I. It was Washington State and oh, Oregon yeah, State, yeah. the two that nobody talks about at all for anything. Well, the minute the Pac-12 falls apart, like without question, Washington State and Oregon State are have to go to the Mountain West. They're going to be in the Mountain West. All right. all these things go go bad because I don't think the ACC would be interested in all four. Like Oregon and Washington are the prizes there. And great football brands, by the way, like in, in, and have potential to be awesome. Like Oregon has got, we all know, the mountain of Nike money and, and a commitment to football, and Washington has been to the mountaintop um, and has been good recently, has been in the playoff in the last six or seven years. So I would love like, – like I don't know if the Bicoastal Conference works. I've, been, I've gone back and forth in this. I could change my mind in the span of an hour or two, but it, it might be worth a shot if we can make it work the right way well if you could go if you could get let's just say for, for the sake of this conversation washington and oregon you go to them and say basically like we you the acc network is up and running it's profitable right now and it, it will only grow especially if we add the two of you you go to espn and say espn help us you you have to be worried about something Eventually, and that's the Big Ten, in particular the Big Ten, poaching North Carolina and Miami or Florida State and Clemson or whatever else, you know, down the road as we get closer to the end of the ACC's agreement. We could do something of a preemptive strike here. Get Oregon and Washington entirely off of Fox 
they would be landlocked with ESPN. And then you would have a coast-to-coast league. Those are good football brands, so Florida State and Clemson would be happy. You could ingratiate them. You could, you'd probably have to rework something with Notre Dame, but you could then go to Notre Dame and be like, look, you can play a national schedule. You can play Florida State, Miami, and Clemson, and Oregon, and Washington. And then Louisville's going to be good again very, very, very soon. The, you, you know, Pitt has been really good lately. Uh, like it's North Carolina, I think is going to be good again this year. But like, you're going to have something you can offer them to to hang around, and you've got the windows to where you can have games from noon to midnight. Yeah, it just seems like a win-win for everybody. Yeah, that's that the fourth uh, time zone that uh, yeah. the Big Twelve has been seeking so much, and we could we could and extend to a third. Want to play in the Eastern time zone way more than they do now? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It, it gets you in the national consciousness. Like Jim Phillips, man, you got to be persuasive to somebody, right? Like, yeah. like, help us out here, dude. Yeah. And help yourself too. Well, that's that's that weird thing I'm talking about, though, is that, man, I just don't know. There's so many, there's so many teams, schools at the top of this conference that hold a lot of sway that I don't know if they want to commit to anything in the ACC. And that's Jim Phillips' job, I guess, to kind of convince them. But it's like, look, there's not going to be seats for all of you wherever you're going, you know. And it's 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 beneficial for the mass majority of the conference to do this. Uh, it's it's a it's a tough. I don't know. This is a tough spot to be in, for sure. It's a weird. It's a weird solution, man. But it's it might be our only choice to keep the conference in, intact in any way, shape, or form. I just feel like like it would be a chance for the ACC to get as close as they like. I don't think it's required for the ACC to catch up to the Big Ten and the SEC. I don't think they it's can. not. No, it just can't be prohibitive. Yeah, it can't and be a fifty this, million dollar, you know, difference. And, and I think adding those two and them continuing to be good helps the ACC network, which will always help. It's the reason the Big Ten is just so absurdly. Like to print, like just print money, uh, and gives you a chance to have more playoff teams, more high-profile matchups. Uh, they, when an they, Oregon Clemson uh, conference game, yeah, a, a Louisville Washington, <laughs> Louisville Washington, that, that could be the three thirty game or whatever. You know, what I mean? it doesn't have to necessarily be college game day or something, yeah. but you know, that could be a, an annually, you know, a matchup of at least like ranked teams. Yeah, like I've, I've, I've dropped those schools benefiting from from getting to play. Eastern time zone times more often, which they want. Yeah, like nothing matters anymore as far as geography goes. I need to – like we all need to just kind of drop that in our minds. Like the USC the and UCLA are in the Big uh, Ten. Yeah, they you ruined know. it. They re- That was really the last strike. Texas and Oklahoma, it's, it's contiguous with the SEC. USC, UCLA, that was just the bomb. Like, oh, they actually did it. They did it. All right, whatever. <laughs> Let's just take Oregon and Washington. Do whatever you need to do. The Big Twelve. I mean, if they take the southern, the southern uh, wing of that conference away, if they take the four corner school, that conference is done. And it's just a matter of who's going to pick up the best remaining pieces. Of which there are nice pieces. Oregon and Washington are top. Like Oregon's been a top ten to twelve football brand for the last twenty five years. years. Yeah, I'd say that's about right. In Washington. All time as a top twenty to twenty five football brand, easy. They have a playoff yeah. berth in the they do. playoff history. They and do a championship uh, what, in the nineties, right? And they have a they have a national championship. Yeah. Let's get uh, Kevin in here because he was the first one that jumped in before we top of the hour break. Kevin, thanks for uh, giving us a call here, buddy. Welcome into the drive on ninth and the belt. There we go. What's up? Hey, hey guys. Um, 
number one, I got three things. One, the wind on the Gene Snyder, if you're doing anything over 50, my pickup truck is being blown from Ooh. lane to lane. Man, I ain't getting on the highway. I'm not going home. And I'm I staying off it. I have passed three vehicles that are picking up something that blew off of them, be it mm. a, a, a big extension cord a, and two ladders. And be careful, I just saw a, a transformer blow. Oh, boy. So, yeah. Um, and number two, um, uh, John, uh, was it John C. Riley? Or, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, him in uh, Kong Skull Island. I don't think gets enough credit because he plays hilarious, he plays serious, and he plays emotional. And number three, the game today, watching the uh, the women play, it's just so good to see players that are coachable, that can make, you know, that can actually do what they're being asked, and a coach that has the ability to get through to them and to make adjustments. That I just I, I wish we had that on the men's side, and so it's just it's it's good to see players going out giving everything they have, like those like those women do, game in and game out. Uh, you know, Jeff Walls leaves it all on the court, game in and game out. I've noticed he has he since uh, McGraw I think it's McGraw has left Notre Dame. He actually kind of likes Notre Dame now. And so he will talk about how great the names are. Yeah, and Neil Ivey is a way more likable than Muffet McGraw. So. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I appreciate uh, the call there, Kevin. Yeah. Oh, there. I appreciate the call, Kevin. I know we're getting close to the top of the hour there. Uh, yeah, listen, if you just heard the man. Uh, cars being blown around on the road here. Guys, be careful. Don't don't be thick-headed about this. And, and just... Get there five minutes later than you normally would if you got to drive somewhere and chill out. Thank God I'm driving yep. trucks tonight. <laughs> oh, gosh, no kidding, right? Yeah. It's going to be awesome. All right, when, when we come back, I want to pick it right back up where he was about comparing the two and where I think that's a, a healthy and right thing and where I think it, we got to be a little careful. Sure. We'll talk about that on the other side here on The Drive on I Thin the Bill. 